to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David, and I'm shockingly disappointed in the the uh, really unadvanced underwear technology in this film. Um, <laughs> I really would have thought, like, you know, maybe some nice boxer shorts in like a futuristic space material. No nappies, just basically nappies. <laughs> just nappies. Let's <laughs> talk about these these nappies. <laughs> Hello, my name's Sam, and you know, I admire its purity. A survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. But enough about Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was really and on I'm my edge of my seat, like, who's he going to say? Who's he going to say? Who's he gonna say? <laughs> I didn't know until actually I got to the end of the sentence. I was like, who am I going to pick on here as being the phallic alien? And Joe, you're the it. The phallic alien. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Ross. Yeah, Ross. Ro- <laughs> Fuck me, Dave. Fuck twice. Twice you fucking interrupted. Can we do something with this mic, Sam? Can we, Jesus? Seven seconds into the podcast. It's all staying. And I'm Ross. Something, something <laughs> line from the movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Joe. And oh, look, date is cat. <laughs> That is a Ross fact, actually. That. It, it's the Ross same. It that. is the same cat actor. That is a fact. And I, I was yeah. looking on IMDb previously. It's quite amazing. It's long-standing cat, considering this was in 1979. But you know, there we go, cat actors. <laughs> yeah. They've That's got quite a hedgemoney. Quite, quite a good age. I don't, nine lives. I don't know if he's joking. Of course, I'm joking. <laughs> the cat will be long is. dead by the, the time Star like, Trek came out. The cat would be like 20 years yeah, old at that point. Twenty years. Cats live 20 years, Sam. But it would have to be at least 20 years. Not like with this PTSD of getting chased around in a stromo <laughs> by an alien. I mean, honestly. Plus, that honestly. was an adult cat, so like maybe cats uh, yeah. live like Just maximum. Star 20 Trek: years, The Next Generation this... came out like eight years after this film. <laughs> I think you guys have misconstrued the timeline a little bit like well, this cat could well have been the same cat <laughs> but it's not it's, it's, it's not going to be the not, same cat I'm just saying in terms of like cat biology <laughs> the most nerdy <laughs> fucking statement on this podcast uh, actually next generation came out eight years later so it's very plausible <laughs> that it'll be the same cat <laughs> mustache twirl Welcome to the Imagining Podcast. We're in a very literal mood tonight, uh, and there will be absolutely no humour derived from anything. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, yes, we watched Alien, and um, it, fucking this is such an amazing movie, isn't it? I always, I always worry when we do big films like this, because I think that, like... What and I know and I know we're not we're hardly pulling the depths of originality in the, at the best times, but what honestly have we got to say about this absolute fucking masterpiece? But uh, we'll give it a go over the next hour. But this was just so good to watch again. Well, succinctly, Sam, it's pretty good. It's a good film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you later. All right. See you next good week. Good night, everyone. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not the worst for me. I'll tell you what is refreshing for me, and that is, I mean, I mean, it's one of the things that I think got right, which is like the corporatocracy of all of like deep space mining now. But what I loved is the people, like the conversations they have. Hey, we're all getting equal shares here, though, right? We're all getting, we're all getting. You, you oh. get paid what you get paid. Yeah, but hang on. And then when they have to go to the island, well, I'm not getting paid for that. Actually, your contract says, God damn it! And the, it's the mundane conversations they have. I was like, yeah, this is exactly how like an office conversation would go if the office was in space. Yeah, am yeah. I, am I getting paid what for is this? Funny, no, though. then I'm not doing it. Fuck off. That, that's, 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 that's conversation. Though, like, um, 
it's nice to know that corporations in the future, when we're deep space mining and all of that, like they still tell you, don't don't discuss your salary. <laughs> <laughs> don't discuss your salary with you with with your yeah. co-workers. But why? I wonder why they want us to not discuss our salary. Is it because of the inherent unfairness of the pay system? Don't worry. I mean, the- at least at least the inhuman androids will tell you you're expendable. <laughs> you know, I mean, the only thing that worse is like if they had like a pizza party. Like, oh yeah, there's an alien on the loose. Tell you what, pizza party Fridays, guys. Come on. But do you remember that? Valued. It's dressed down. Everyone can dress down. Take, <laughs> take, take your rank, rank, rank insignia off. <laughs> You've got to remember, though, no, in, in space, no one can hear you, hear you unionize. So that's okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's not super go for Oh, it. are you telling me this milk robot isn't immediately massacring the whole queue if there's any. Oh, he's, yeah, with yeah, the abso- union, Sam. Oh, with the union. <laughs> that's his number one job. The alien thing, that's like a side thing. That's like, if it happens, I suppose, but mostly, no. <laughs> Fucking unions. Science officer. Yeah, sure, mate. No worries. <laughs> Science officer. <laughs> so in Alien, the crew, um, as, as if you need to know, but the crew the of a commercial... are you telling about aliens, Sam? Because it's traditionally, it's what we do. The crew, the crew of a commercial <laughs> spacecraft encounter a deadly life form after investigating an unknown transmission. Um, and this is one of the... Uh, this is, I think... This is the best original science fiction a movie story that I think we have like I, I, and, and it's a it's a big statement but when you when you just think about the world building that goes on as you've mentioned the corporate corporatist thing that's that's existing you know the the mining the alien background the robots we are coming at this from an, such an original and I know we've got the concept art from HR Geiger and all that stuff but the the originality, the story in this, I think, is so well formed. It's so complete. And when, mm. and then when you when so when you land, you know, when when we we start the movie on this ship and everyone's waking up and it's all bits space two thousand one and all that. But it it goes from that and it really just it all feels so it feels so complete. Like I just believe this world immediately, and that is yeah. like that's not always the case, is it, with a science fiction movie? No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, I, what, one of the things that really sort of stood out to me as well was, and if this movie was made, like, say, in modern times in the last 10 years, the the, the thing that would say would be like, oh, remember the giant alien thing where we found the aliens, and there's this such and such, and this MacGuffin, and now he can defeat the alien. There's none of that. Do you know what I mean? And, like, because, I, you know, you see, um, isn't it Prometheus that turned out to be the prequel to Alien? And, like, I only sort of Dog knew... Shit. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I'm only seeing it. I knew that that it clicked for me because when I saw the big giant alien thing in Alien, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, that sort of clicked my memory. But what I love about Alien is it's, oh, by the way, yeah, there's these big giant aliens. Don't worry about them. That's that's not the focus of this movie. <laughs> Do you know I'm just moving on. And it's so refreshing. Like, oh, by the way, this is something that's in the world, but you don't need to know about that. We're going to focus on the, these fuckers here that are going to kill you. Mm. It's what it is, is is it's the marrying up of like you, 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 everyone's right here. It's a supremely well plotted story generally. I think that like it's quite solid, uh, and that marries really really well with the production and obviously like the giant alien and things. Like ultimately, a lot of that's visual. Like mm. you know the the non alien the non dick aliens, the big aliens that aren't like <laughs> massive dicks. Um, we'll get more into that later, I'm sure. Uh, but like, that is all the production design, and like that is 
match so well with the pace of this movie, the look of it, the feel of it, the the script, and the music as well. I think it all marries together, and this is such such a well crafted movie, and that's kind of where the magic is for me. In that, like, this movie is 116 minutes, by the way. In my mind, this movie is about four hours long, but like, <laughs> that's a real. It's a decent. It's a good length, but it's not too Do you long. Think? Like. Go on. Well, it's, it's four well, hours four long hour, in a good way. Four hours suggests that, like, yeah, well, in a good way. But four, oh, okay, I was going <clears> to say four <throat> hours suggests that, like, it dragged through for you. But like, for me, no, no, the not at all. What what yeah. I mean, Ross, is that like, you know how sometimes you know a ninety minute movie feels really, really long, and that's a bad <laughs> thing. Unfortunately, thanks this to this movie- podcast, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go look at the back catalog. Sixty minute podcast about the ninety minute movie that felt about fifteen hours. Um, yeah. But like this movie is kind of like the inverse of that, where it's it's only one hundred and sixteen minutes. It's actually relatively short as a movie. Mm-hmm. Like we've watched way longer, way worse movies than this last week. Um, but like it feels, in even though it's one hundred and sixteen minutes, it feels like they do the job of like a three hour epic. You know. Yeah. Like and so it feels so packed in. So you watch it again and you think, "Wow, there's only like 45 minutes left." We've got like, you know, but you know you've seen it and you know what's coming. But you're like, "Wow, they really do a good job of getting that all in and it, it being coherent." Because mm-hmm. like some movies can just jam a load of shit in and there's loads of visual stuff. But this is just everything. Nothing. It's not flabby, but it also feels like everything gets its due. It's kind of a perfect movie in my mind. They do such a good job of like building that atmosphere and that sense of like terror almost as well. Like they set the scene so well. Like most films, kind of horror films and things like that, I just don't have any interest in. Like I don't find them. We've done kind of horror TV shows before. Um, and Angel. It, that, that, well, I mean that's that's not really horror, but was it the Haunting of Hill House or something we did? And oh god, it was terrible. But like this is just incredible. Like it's it. I honestly don't think there's a better kind of horror film out there. It's 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 all about threat, isn't it? You know, it's the threat that 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 brings you through this movie mm-hmm. because <clears throat> while there is some graphic stuff, quite a lot of it, most of the tension, and the fear comes from the fact that you don't know where this. Yeah, you don't really is. see the alien that much. No, I know a lot of that is probably fact. down to the fact that you know 1979. You know, you know they're not that advanced in terms of graphics and things like that. So they probably can't make it look that scary. So they don't want it on screen that long. No, um, and there's two, and there's and uh, into a little criticism. And let's be fair, it is 79. But there's two shots mm-hmm. in this movie where you get to see the alien in like a full mm-hmm. form, like the person in the yeah. suit. And it looks trash. It looks, <laughs> it looks like Sam. I remember that. It that looks like a Scooby Doo villain. It looks yeah. like a man in a suit. It's yeah, when it has to. It it's is. when it has there to was, move. Like it's fine up until it moves, and then it moves, and you're like, that. That does not look realistic. It looks. It was the vent scene for me. You know, where the captain goes into the vents and he's looking for it, and then it's like, oh, it's coming right for you, and then you just see that it's like maybe half a second, but the alien like is crushing the vent and it outstretches its hands, and yeah. it's like, this guy is wearing marigolds that's been painted black, and he's got like <laughs> webbed hands, sort of. I know. Eh! I know. <laughs> but 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 it but it really does on it really you know as much as I don't I don't it's not obviously not terminal and it's it's a movie that's very old and all that stuff so we'll forgive it but what it yeah. does really underline for me is that you not seeing the alien or just seeing brief glimpses of it or seeing the close up of its mouth with the the little upper lips going like all of that the suggestion is where the fear is and that's not a revolutionary statement that that's how all good you know tension is built <clears throat> but when you marry it with the fact that we don't really know what this thing looked like uh, we don't really know what 
it's capable of at the beginning of the movie. Like it all converges in a way that I think is extraordinary. And and so you left you left for me it's one of the scariest movies that there is. Not because it's gory or or because it's particularly um like aggressive and even you know the, the the gore we get a little bit it's because you even watching it for the hundredth time you know he's gonna lean over that egg and it's gonna slowly open up and then you're gonna get that oh god you know and that it's that tension is just amazing it's quite a well-designed uh baddie it's a poor word monster i suppose is a better word it's quite a well-designed ba- monster in mm-hmm. that kind of like and it's very intentional on the Geiger stuff as well. And we keep saying Dick Alien, and we will continue to do so. This is the, this is the Dick <laughs> portion of the podcast. Uh, like, the alien violates everyone. It's not that it's so much as it kills people. It's just Michael Myers is going around with a hatchet, like chopping people's limbs off and stuff, which is scary, you know, on the face of it. But, like, there's some the implied threat of, like, you know, the chest burster is like, oh my God, it's inside him. And it's like, you know, the thing... He doesn't even know it. Like That's the thing that's the worst bit. Like, he doesn't know it. He thinks he's fine. And then he, like, eats a noodle. And then that shit just bursts out of his chest. Clearly didn't like that noodle. Yeah, and it's the thing on his face as well. Like, so through the helmet, Sam, and, like, down his throat. And they can't get it off. And he's suffocating. And it's like, oh, my fucking Lord. And they're sat discussing that. And you're like, that's one of the most terrifying scenes in the movie for me. Is when he's lying on the bed quite quietly. And they're like... Oh, it's it's blocked his throat, but it seems to be feeding him oxygen and like, like oh god! And it's Burn like, him. And the, the whole movie. <laughs> Burn exactly, him. Set fire to the whole fucking universe. I mean, that's, yeah. and, that's and the, the big thing there. Is, like, why the fuck did they let them back on board? Like, <laughs> you, you know, there's a protocol. Right. Ripley wasn't going to let them on board because this, of the protocols. Yeah, just fucking leave them outside. Like, twenty four hours. Leave them outside for twenty four hours. Fucking but also, the other thing that they do, like, that you really get a sense of, is the isolation. Like this crew mm. in the middle of fucking nowhere, nobody around to help them. They've, they're on their own. They've got to deal with this shit. There's not many mm. of them, and they're Absolutely. also they're also space truckers. Like nobody's like apart from the milk robot, um, <laughs> built by the milk robot. Uh, like they're all kind of just like schlubby guys mostly. Like they're all just guys like you know they're but essentially they're like long haul space truckers, and mm-hmm. they're average. You know, nobody's tools, yeah. like. Nobody's like, oh well, it's a, it's a try. There's no like techno babble in this film, as such. No. Like we don't yeah. get like a really like, oh, it's a xenomorphical blah blah blah. It's going to blah 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 blah. <coughs> and that's where sort of talk you get is when they're like doing repairs to the ship, and like the captain's like, okay, what is he doing? Well, we got to reroute, you know, cylinder seat about. Hey, listen, I don't need to hear that. We can take off now. Well, yeah, we could. And again, that's an example of like the average conversation like a manager would have. With and a it, subordinate. Why am I still waiting on this? Well, we can't. All right, then don't bore me with details. And we're, <laughs> just when get they're it talking, and they go, "Oh, and she, she, and the two, it's the two of the the two, like engine crew. Uh, I can't remember the names. And he says, "Oh, she's asking how long it takes. Seventeen hours." And, and yes. then he says to her, "Oh, it's at least twenty-five hours. It's going to be twenty-five hours." <laughs> and then he even goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like that's that because that, again because it is it's all it's a little bit adversarial." And the dynamic between the crew is so vital as the the the, the horror and the tragedy of what go, what's going on unfolds. Um, should, should we maybe let's not run through the entire movie, but let's maybe just talk a little bit about you know the in in the kind of plot order because we do get the the kind of awakening and all of that stuff. Which is, 
the, the actually, diapers, the nappies, yeah, it my takes, goodness me. It takes quite a while to like actually like any before there's any kind of dialogue. Like there's quite a long few minutes before, and it just kind of like setting the scene and yeah. things. And even like even the opening bit is very is very two thousand and one, isn't it? Like, I was going to say before we talk about the nappies, can we talk about like you know the the, the opening credits? Because and again, if this movie was made nowadays, it would be like you know, like it'd be a panning shot over the over the eggs, or you know, you see a silhouette of the alien. It's literally like it's five minutes of these uh, single lines appearing on the screen, and like all the while, you know, the credits and the producers and the director and all's coming up, until, and you have these single lines appear on the screen until it all spells out alien, and mm. like, like that that sounds like <laughs> born as hell, and in a way, it is. But again, it's not can, something you get in the movie these days. Can you imagine? Can you imagine now? Netflix would be analysing the the data of how many people press back, and and would be like, no, no, we can't have that. We need at least we need at least a twenty five every every six seconds. We have to have some kind of engagement so that the the audience doesn't get bored. <laughs> but it's but it's a good example of the pacing of this film and how you know at the start and and you're right Joey there isn't really much going on for that first little bit uh, from from the the waking up and the nappies to these these panning shots around the the ship and these like slow crossfades of them all getting and all of it says, all of it's. I, I think there's like maybe the intentionality in terms of trying to just slow everything down and almost not lull you in a false sense of security, but just set the pace of where we're going to go. Because the, the first half an hour of the film is is fairly slow. We get the, the the dynamic between the crew comes back. The dialogue in this, I think, is one of the strongest things. The way that they are all chatting at, at the dinner table you know for the first time and they're all kind of joking and you, you can't really hear what's going on it's all kind of like small talk and they're all kind of you know that all of that adds to this sense of of just kind of like as if, as if something's building you know but also keeping it quite low-key at the beginning you, you you're not really sure where this is going to go if you've never seen it before and i think it just to to, to make that choice to do it so to, to be fairly chilled out in how you're introducing the movie is quite a, a bold choice because most films are going to start with here comes the star destroyer do, 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 you know coming over the top like everything needs and this is this is one of the great examples of film that came out in the wake of Star Wars and was given money by Fox because Fox was like wow space movies are cool like we're making loads of money with this and yet, it did something entirely different. This is nowhere near the space opera, bombastic Star Wars thing. This is such a, a slow, steady movie that increasingly gets quicker. But really, we're in it for the long game. You have to be paying attention, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the simplicity of the plot of this is essentially like they find the alien, the alien kills a bunch of people, she escapes from the alien. Like, I know that's like a really simple ABC plot of this, but ultimately it is that simple and like the, mm-hmm. the machinations of oh she has to disable the you know the um cooling system for the nuclear reactor and she has to get on the board of the ship and of course the alien has to fuck with her a couple of times like you have all of that but ultimately the, the actual bones of this are, are really straightforward and i think that the fact that that's really easy to make understand means they can have this slower paced film where you kind of drink in every scene and the production design and 
you know the tension of this alien is is going to come and fucking eat another crew member and you know it and mm. you're like this they're splitting up oh my god why are they splitting up you should never <laughs> split up when you're on when, when you're in a horror movie you should never split up stay Rookie together lock yourself one. in the in the room with mother and just sit there with snacks until you get to work like, that is what you should do wave at the alien through the porthole yeah like, fuck you uh, <laughs> So going down on the planet, I think that whole sequence is great. As you say, Ross, we get some kind of like world building that isn't really there as the focus, but it adds so much. Mm. You know, when they walk, we get these amazing matte paintings. We get this, some of these sets, this fucking set with the dead alien in the late, whatever it is, that the chair thing. I mean, that's just amazing design. It's amazing design. Mm. It's, you know, I think there's like, it's inspired by some Italian movie or something, but... All of that is great. And then really, though, really, everything's building up to the face hugger. And we've talked about it a little bit, but let's just dive in to the deep trauma that I have every single time I see this thing on the screen. And it's and, 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 you, and cleverly, you don't see what's happened when it's on the planet. And there we have the whole debate about, well, let him in, don't let him in. you know. And then obviously, milkproof robot, um, because he wants the alien on the ship, because that's his directive from from the computer. Uh, gets opens the door, and we still haven't seen really what's happened. And we get this, you, you get know, a the, smashed visor, don't you? You kind of see a smashed visor, and that's the, all you see. Like, and then they laser it away, and there we see it. This horrible monstrosity, and John Hurt lying there breathing. I and his, br- his breaths in and out, and I'm just like, fucking hell. This is probably one of the best prosthetics in cinema history. I mean, I'd like totally it, forgotten John Hurt was in this, like totally forgotten. Then so I'm like, shit, yeah, John Hurt's in this. Okay. Yeah. He simultaneously doesn't have a lot to do uh... and has an enormous amount to do. Like, <laughs> in terms of his, his role in the movie is very important, but he's not Pretty in pivotal. there for very long. long they're not but... asking they're not asking a lot of acting from him are they like he's it's a really pivotal po- um, plot point in the movie but at the same time it's like your job is to like get infected by the alien Die. lie on this gurney with a swim cap over your face and then and sweat. Have this alien burst it's, out your chest it's the Sean Bean role he plays the Sean Bean role um, what's but, this thing made out of, by the way? I remember. Um, well, we abortively did a commentary if you if you last year, I think. Yeah, it, is this it's, fish? Is this it's, a bit of fish? It's oysters. So when so when it's, when it's on the thing, when it's on the face, it's almost obviously. as bad as the alien. I know. When <laughs> yeah, it's on the yeah. face, it's it's not. But when but then you've got these you've got these you know the fingers with the knuckles, which are just yeah. appalling. The thing around its neck, and again the way he sat there breathing. And all, and and you know what? You know why it's scary, and obviously it's not that uh, uh, difficult thing. But it's scary because you can't see what's underneath. You know, this is again, it goes to the tension of the movies. You don't necessarily get to see what's going on, and that's why. If it was just attached to its side of its head, or even on his chest, that's scary in a different way. But because it's smothering him, you know, and then he says, "I had a horrible dream about being smothered." And you're like fucking. I bet, mate. Hell. I bet. Fucking hell. But when he flip it over, when it come, when it falls off, they then they manage to find it, flip it over, they and you get these zoomed in shots of the flesh that's mm. all red and it's got sores, and it. I think that was an oyster that they'd mashed in there and started dissecting us, and it's just like 
This is amazing production design. This is amazing production design. Mm -hmm. Production design is 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 good top to bottom. I think uh, this movie is actually fairly solid. I think maybe some of the sequels have some really poor effects work, but there aren't loads of effects in this really. You've got miniature work uh, early on, and later on, I think pretty much any exterior shot of the Nostromo is miniatures. Um, and then a lot of the planet is, like you said, Sam, is, is matte paintings, and they work really, really well. Um, but all the monster designs, like uh, their, you know, disgusting, horrible, like um, alien, what's the word, saliva, jizz, and what, where are we going with this? <laughs> um, all this horrible alien saliva is like everything's absolutely perfectly done. Like, you know, it's dripping, and the viscosity is just right for it to like slowly mm. move down the screen. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then there's yeah. obviously there's that bit as well where they, they try and cut the thing off his face. <coughs> and like it turns out that the thing has like pure acid in its veins. Just like bleeds through the entire Magic ship. space acid, yeah. See that, yeah. That, that's something for me. I think it's like maybe it's osmosis because of like, you know, through the sequels and whatnot. But I was sure you get like more like acid action in, in the movie. <laughs> and when, when, and and upon watching this, that's something like that uh it was a realization I had because you don't actually see the alien get damaged other than at the very end. Like they mm-hmm. have all these weapons and not once do they manage to even scathe it. And again, it's only something that has sort of like, you know, dawned on me during my most recent watch. I was like, I'm sure there's more burning acidy things, someone gets it on them, but I must be thinking of the sequels. There's been so many of them yeah. that it's so hard to remember which it's... is in which bit, like in which film and stuff like that. It's, yeah. I think it's this the direct it's aliens I think is like confuses muddies the water a lot because that's an excellent movie in its own right but kind of like in the opposite way to how this is an excellent movie um and so where that's like we're going to fight the aliens because we're Americans and we're fucking hard and all of that <laughs> like this movie is like you can't fight the alien he's like the perfect killing machine and you're some mm-hmm. schlubby fucking space trucker don't try and fight him run away two like two and that's words. kind of the message of this movie Two words and a man of a submarine, James Cameron. That's the difference between uh, <laughs> aliens, aliens, than alien, isn't it? Is it's just that complete different approach. But I still, I still, I love Aliens. I think that is a fucking amazing movie. But as you say, Dave, this Alien pips it in a, by a long way though, because there is mm. there is something unique about this film whereas Aliens is like well it's kind of an action movie you know like and that's okay but there's we, we haven't seen anything like this before you know this was just something Alien, brand Alien new Alien still manages to achieve some of that like tension build up <clears throat> like that the predecessor does like isn't yeah. there that bit where this might be the third one but isn't there that bit where like they have the <laughs> the, the sensor thing you know like the radar thing and they're like oh you know it's oh, 20 metres away and then like 10 metres and like oh 7 metres and like no if it was 7 metres we'd see it and like no it'd be inside the fucking room and then they come out of the vents up above. Isn't that that's the like? I think again, that's the second one. Yeah, that's the second, second one. one. Yeah, I think so. The second yeah, one bridges it. it. Um, I, let's let's not talk about the second one way too much because like, obviously we're talking about Alien, and we'll definitely do Aliens at some point in the future. Um, Next week, but like, yeah, I think that movie <laughs> Aliens does seem take some things from this movie, like the sensor and like the, the bits where they are cornered, but like it's just it's just very different, and it's kind of like it's interesting to compare the two as kind of inverses but somehow with like Ripley being in both of them as like in this movie she's running away trying to save the cat 
like all of her co-workers have been murdered and she's like oh this is terrifying <laughs> i want to leave and then the sequel where she's like she's got a fucking flight she gets into the fucking like strapping forklift and she's like put her down you bitch and like that's 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 the comparison <laughs> oh. here is like running away with the cat and hiding and then like fucking in a mech suit fighting this alien those those are the, that's the same character <laughs> well she just got right. sick of them Everyone has yes. their breaking point. <laughs> um, speaking of breaking, the 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 uh, soft chest of John Hurt, which uh, Ooh, which we get Jesus. to see. A- I got there. <laughs> which we 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 get to see absolutely just destroyed here. Now this is obviously one of the most it's famous really scenes good. in the movie. It's uh, as everyone who's a movie nerd will know. They knew that. Something was going to happen. They knew that there was an alien that, you know, it's not his chest. John Hurt's under the table with his head sticking out and there's a fake chest that's being shoved yeah. around. But they didn't know that there was going to be this massive explosion of blood and guts and just viscera that, that sprays out. And so the, 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 action, the reaction you get from the rest of the crew is genuine in the sense of, holy fuck, they weren't <laughs> expecting that to happen at that exact point in that exact way. And I think that, you know, let's not, we again, we don't have to dive into why that's such an iconic scene necessarily. But you, you just, it, for me, it's the marrying up of the horror thematically in terms of there's a fucking alien inside this guy and the production design. And it's where this film, as we've already mentioned, it's where the film really just, it, it manages to, to excel because it feels so real. Now, the bit that always gets me the bit that always gets me in this scene is afterwards when the alien's there, its head, you know, the puppet sticking out with its jaws. It's a bad effect, isn't it? It's not great. It's not great, it's is it? Bad. It's yeah. not great. Scurries off, I think, is the single worst effect shot of the movie. Probably. <laughs> like, 1979. But the thing that gets me, the thing that I, I don't, I'm not ever really looking at the alien, I'm looking at John Hurt's hands, which are kind, yeah, of, up, kind of yeah, shaking, like, funny. Yeah. like spasming, because his nervous system has just yeah. been obliterated by this by this creature. And that, to me, like that, to me, sums up this movie. Because you can have the alien there, and you can, and, and they they maybe again they maybe stay on it a little bit longer than they should have. Cut it, <laughs> cut it. It looks terrible. Just give people a glimpse. But the fact that they someone said like, okay, John, what I'd like you to do is just you know just just kind of spasm your hands. That would I think <laughs> that to me just sums up the attention to detail in this movie because yeah. it's fucking yeah. awful. It elevates it. It elevates it by just that little detail, you know. And that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. It's it's a horrifying scene and kind of like the turning point in a way because everything mm-hmm. up to this point, like the face hugger, is obviously like. Disturbing on an yeah. emotional level. Oh uh, god, think about it. You think it's, it's still an unknown. Th- it's still an, th- an unknown thing. The face hugger. Yeah, this thing is very much. And oh, this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have kind of like. You know, oh, this is a problem. But ah, it's the. This it's feels the bad. Is this bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna read the room. It's. It's not the filmmaking where they guys. all think he's fine, and it's like. And oh, they're all joking God. again. That was a really big near miss. Like, you know, we almost set fire to the office. You know, we almost... Even Ripley. anything relevant, but like... Even Ripley, who was like quarantine. And... Get, fucking yeah. lock him up. 
Lock get don't don't let him in. Even she is like, oh, oh what? You, thank it, goodness. Oh it's, oh, it's fallen off. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. Thank goodness. Oh, for it's that. dead. But it's that Sick. it's oh, that release guys, of tension, fine. and like you, the viewer, are like. Hold on, this. Like, <laughs> well, there's, there's still over this an hour of the movie left, so something <laughs> well, else is happening. Something's <laughs> going going on here, but like, oh, it's no. that few, there's no the tension goes out of the movie for just a second there, but like you still kind of like, yeah, but where's it coming? Where's you know what's happening now? But and then the ch- I think I think it's one of the most brilliant turns in, like just mm. the pacing of the movie where it's, it's like, oh my god, ah, ah, ah. and then again the movie's like. Right, calm down because we can't have people dying in the theatres. Breathe, it's all fine. And then we have more horror later on in a similar yeah. sort of like up and I mean, down sort of trophy. It's the pacing. Way. It's what, the pacing of it because they've spent the first like I don't know how long it is, but like forty-five minutes building up to this point, and then all of a sudden the thing drops off, and you're like, ah, oh. like you suddenly think that the you know it's it's passed, and then all of a sudden like this thing just bursts out of his chest and, <laughs> and like runs away. This penis alien jumps off and scuttles away, and you're like, ah, I'm gonna well. I'm gonna come across very nostalgic to a time where I wasn't even alive. But I'm just saying, like you know, as you know, as a as a movie goer, imagine like being someone like in 1979. You go to the theater and you've no, you know, there's no osmosis. You have no exposure to the the, the IP that is Alien. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I like imagine- Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> come on, honey. family friendly ramp. Let's go. Come on, kids. Let's let's all yeah. dive in. Come on, Max. Together. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm just um, but imagine me like, if I'm ex- wrong. Sorry. I Finish point, Ross, and then Dave. Experiencing that, like for the first time, mm. like oh, and like you guys have been describing, oh, that tension's building. Oh, everything's fine. Oh, I wonder what's going. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 well, I'm just, and like it's, it's like that, um, you know, in Terminator Two, you know, where Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy in Terminator One, and then there was the twist where he's actually the good guy in Terminator Two, and like that because obviously they kept that secret. How do you keep that secret? And you get that, like, oh. But you, and, and again, like it's going to sound nostalgic, but you don't get that in movies, in movies these no. days. You can't no. because of social media. Well, you yeah, know, promoted, and they have to even get if, you into the movie. Theater. Even if, even if you, they can, even if you're fucking Disney, you know what? You know what they saved? You know what they save their like corporate secrecy for? That yeah. fucking Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. I mean, honestly, to God, like that's what they—that's what they used. That's what they cash in. Not something substantial. Not like but even even no. then, Sam. Like you know, you had the recent Spider-Man movie, right? Uh, now, I, now I know you're not the biggest fan, Sam. I quite like them, and like uh, you know, Spider-Man: No Way Home. It sort of like brings the previous Sony movies, you know, the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield movies, into the MCU. Now, but the thing is, I knew that before I even went to see it, and I was like. No. And whilst it's still a wonderful like viewing experience, like imagine if you had the fucking look of like, oh my god, what? And yeah, it's not it something. Is, it's that the, it's we, we, we had a similar thing when I'm on a roll now, but we had a similar thing when we uh, reviewed one of the episodes of One Division, where they got the dude. I can't remember the guy's the actor's name, but it was the same guy who played uh, Silver. What's his name? Silver something. Fucking 
So, silver the guy. The, Quicksilver. It was the same actor, Quicksilver, but it wasn't the same character. character. He played yeah. Quicksilver um, in in the X Men movies, which was owned by Fox. Uh, you know, one when the air, but obviously Disney bought Fox. And then, but he played a different character in one division. Like, oh my god! And people are like, oh, is this how they bring X Men into the Disney? Oh my god! And then, no, it was a dick joke. You're like, oh, fuck you, Disney. We can't have anything. Oh nice. my god! But it's because awful. the culture of cinema has changed, and I mean that like. Even for us, like we don't remember that culture that existed in 1979. Back in where... my day, Sonny. No, no, what I'm saying, Ross, is before us. That's I what I'm like saying. Now, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Now, now we have this thing, like you say, where Disney, you know, the Spider-Man thing is a great example, Ross, of like they used Tobey Maguire and James Garfield being in that movie to sell And, and Andrew. They... And, and Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield in fact. James Luke. Garfield, the President of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that get me to the cinema, if I want yeah, If they can get happens? James... If they can get the, uh, the 20th President of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. It's like an episode um, of Bill and Ted. Exactly. Well, uh, um, they, they, actually, but, they actually do do that though like in, in American Dad they do bring a James Garfield back so you know maybe Dave's been watching oh, American true, Dad because they, they bring James Garfield precedent. back from the dead in American Dad so. um, but getting past my own personal dementia um, <laughs> they use the fact that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in that movie to sell tickets that's what's getting you to the cinema yeah. whereas in 1979 yep. like Sigourney, word what? of mouth is what's getting you to the cinema what's getting you to the cinema is seeing this and a huge, huge number of people, comparatively, would have gone to the cinema because what else are you going to do? The internet won't be invented for another. I like to. I like to think years. that people are going down to the cinema, like, but not knowing what they're going to go see, though. Like, they just go to the cinema and think, like, what's you know, what is yeah. this sort of a thing? Well, like, it's the seventies, I mean, Joe. So their choices are porn cinema or regular <laughs> cinema. So, like, if you've chosen to go to the regular cinema, you could well end up going to see this. Yeah, in one cinema, you mean, smoke like, during the movie. In the other cinema, you'd have a smoke afterwards. But, but what, 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 <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying is that you're not, you're in not this going... movie and the porn movie, same. same you're, not, you're not going down to... You ever like, try to smoke a cigarette while masturbating? It's very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you didn't go down to the cinema specifically to see this, so you would be like kind of surprised because, you know, this isn't what well, you, you didn't specifically say. Yeah, going and to it see wasn't Alien. a franchise as well, is an yeah. important point as well and, like, and, it wasn't the, a franchise it would have just been a movie that was on and obviously it went wild and made loads of money i think yeah 100 million um, so this had 11 million budget and it made over it made 104 million or something 106 million yeah. and you know that's that's a that's a a testament to all of these things we've talked about the the we 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 mentioned Sigourney Weaver there and i think that we should we should talk about her because, like, I, I, I think it's easy to understate the, 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 just how like instrumental she is to this film, how instrumental she is because she's so she's so she's got such a presence, she's got mm-hmm. such a presence, and and she'd um, been in what like. Uh, not very much. I think this is maybe her third movie, if I'm was, if I was remember Ghostbusters correctly. Out before this, no, that was afterwards. That was eighty five, wow. eighty four. Ghostbusters. So this is like her third movie. Um, if if someone's to double check that, but and so you you exactly, Joe. You you're not going down to the cinema and say, oh, I wonder what I wonder what the latest Sigourney Weaver uh, movie is like. You wouldn't even understand what those words mean. Like it's a very strange name, you know. It's a, it it. 
she's not a let's just say it. She's not a traditional Hollywood-looking actress. You know, she's not a, a, a female lead that you would think. Okay, you know, this is this is the late seventies that she's going to be leading the movie in that sense. She'd been in two films before this: Annie Hall and Madman. Yeah, and oh yeah, like she's Annie uh, Annie Hall. Like she's barely in it, isn't she? she? Yeah, she's like an extra. Al- Alvis date outside the theater. Yeah, whatever that so, means. So not even named. So the, we are literally talking brand brand new talent. And We're then also just I don't mean to just dis- um, distract you from this, Sam. We'll get back to Scorny Weaver. Just as a side note, it's also Ridley Scott's second movie, so it's not even like it's what's the new Ridley Scott movie. Exactly, exactly. It's like who the fuck are these people? Who, what's who the big are- name in this movie? Do you think? Uh, Tom's uh, uh, Tom Skerritt, Tom, maybe. Yes, Tom, like it's Tom Skerritt. It's got to be yep. I, I imagine he would have been first billing just because you know, like he 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 was established He's already. The name isn't he? But but let's but 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 Sigourney Weaver. Like let's just think about all the work that she needs to do. You know, she needs to be number one. She needs to be the female lead. And at the start of the film, you're not really sure where it's going to go. You think maybe the captain mm. is going to be like the hero. So. Straight from the beginning, the film is intentionally subverting, I think, you know, where where this is going to happen. So you've got that element of it. And then she's got to be kind of like the boss when all the things go to hell. She's got to be shouting. Some of the dialogue between her and the other actors, like it feels like they were just filming arguments because it's so, you know, she's got to be as tough as the guys in that sense. Yeah. And then later on, when she's like, when she's running around the ship, you know, sweating and being applied like with fake sweat she's got to be terrified Good sweat, she's, she's how hot is this ship like well, because you can't reactor. Say- it's a nuclear reactor that they that, that they let there's no air con no. in space but just, just, just a window steam vents everywhere <laughs> like, the whole ship is made of steam the steam off <laughs> it's like the star trek uh, uh uh, chip design, isn't it? Let's let's pump ten thousand volts through every single workstation. So when there's when there's a single explosion on the other side of the ship, uh, there's a power surge to the bridge. Let's You'll feel it, it here. Yeah. <laughs> but just just think about like I mean, I, we, some of us have maybe done some acting in our in our past. Like to to bring together that emotional set state. And mm. to do it, take after take after take at half past four in the afternoon when it's sunny outside and you're hungry, and to like to compose yourself and to to channel all that fear, and she's fucking terrified in this. She's terrified, but she's also like she's in charge. Only, yeah, she's and, the only one that actually keeps her head out of all of them. Yeah, like, yeah. As much as she's terrified, she's the only one that keeps her head. The rest of them just like completely lose it. And I, and I just think this is one of the greatest lead performances in cinema because it's it's she's uh, vulnerable, and and later on she's quite literally vulnerable. She's walking around in her underwear. You know, there's all these other things mm. that the imagery of the film's doing, but she is able to bring something that I think without that, without that mix of kick-ass vulnerability, the film doesn't work. And if it, even if it's a guy running around, you know, if it's a male lead. Instead, the film doesn't work because you have to have that tension there, which I think comes from her performance. Well, it's the bait and switch, like I said, with Skerritt, Sam. Very well put. um, Like like you said, you kind of expect, and it's hard to look at this, and we find this a lot, it's hard to look at this movie like as if you'd never seen it. 
Like it's like mm. Star Wars. It's like hard to look at a movie and be like, "Oh, but is who, this good? Who? Where's Anakin Skywalker? What? What about that guy? What's going on with him? Like, no, we we've had all of that, and we the, it, with this, looking at it objectively, when you start watching it, you expect Skerritt to be the lead. He's yeah. the one talking to mother. He's the captain. Uh, honestly, he's like the you know white even, male even when he like, protagonist he was kind of <laughs> like expect. he's going to be fine like even when he disappears you're yeah. like oh he's going to turn up somewhere else he's going to and back. save the day at the end well that's with a, that's, that's quite interesting because they never actually say oh we find his body it's like oh we didn't find anything just the exactly. gun yeah. so yeah yeah good point joe mm. she finds him in um in the like the alien <laughs> wall doesn't she like the he's like <laughs> that's scary isn't it that what? alien 2 Aliens? No, I think that is... Is that not a director's cut? Uh, I'm pretty maybe, sure... Because I remember maybe. that scene as well. I'm pretty sure that's uh, the director's we've talked, cut. We've talked about this before, yeah. That's the director's which cut which is a whole fucking podcast about the director's <laughs> cut. Actually, actually, I think the one we watched, which was on Disney, yes. I believe that that isn't in it. And I think, the, I, I think personally... I think that's the theatrical. The theatrical cut is a better... Is a better cut of the movie because you do you do see him but I agree with you I agree with you Joe like it's so much better to not know what's happened to him yeah. to say there's no trace because you know you that is you, so much because better because he's been so mm. like key all the way through and he's been like the main character up to this point you're like oh he's fine like you know like he's, he's gonna actually, come yeah. back he's gonna come back he's gonna save them you know like he'll be the one that gets off the ship with her or something like that mm. like you, you just think he's okay like there's nothing well, upsettingly, I've obviously seen the director's cut so many times. That that's kind of I just assumed I, I was like, I watched that last night. <laughs> it's Tom Skerritt on the wall. Like, oh, and it is. I mean, it's, it's not good, even I, a great scene. I should say. There's a reason it's only in the director's cut. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's just like, like, like what we're we doing. It's just like so. All describe the scene cuts. to me. What what what's what what, what has Ripley passed? Finds like Ripley finds like the nest where the yeah. the the aliens like gooed up all the walls and stuff, and yeah, it's essentially like. Eating a bit of Skerritt and then like glued him to the wall for later, like a nice. bit like you see more of it in Aliens, uh, which you like. That's what I think you said. Like, yeah. isn't that in Aliens? Because I think there's some similar scene in that. They, they, they have the kill me bit in Aliens. I don't think they have the kill me. I don't think he says anything, uh, or he's maybe he's dead. But I can't remember anyway. Um, but but there, there, there is yeah, it's definitely better in the theatrical because you you lose you lose so much. You know, again, the more they show you, the kind of, the more you lose there. I think the build up, yeah. Mm, mm. Let's talk about the alien design a little bit because, like, so we've got yeah. HR Geiger, who is, um, like this mad fucking the original uh, dick monster. Yeah, who 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 basically designed the 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 imagery of him. I think he's like Swiss or something, and all of the imagery that that he um, designed, and like the con- the conceptual artist. Uh, the conceptual art that come that he, that comes from him is very familiar. Like when you go back and look at it from a sense of like, oh, I'm watching. I've I've watched Alien. I'm going to go back and look at where this came from. It is really really apparent how close it is and how much they used this. And then when you look at the design of the alien, and then you look at some of the very very sexual and phallic. <laughs> uh, uh, I think you're, are you looking at it right now, Ross. You're googling. Phallic, it. I am. <laughs> Holy oh, there shit. it is. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it verges on pretty. I like fucking... the way Geiger thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a, a guy it... I can get on board with. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's ordering his book right now. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I, I think it's all a lot... online, Sam. It's fine. I'm, I'm just. Uh... 
yeah, you're not even paying a guy for yours. I've, ju- I've just found a picture of Geiger's arm. Like, yeah, that, that checks. <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of it is very like misogynistic and and rather fucked up. But when, but the ultimate, the ultimate result though in this movie is that we do get this penis monster. Now, I've been like trying to think over this in my head because <laughs> the, the, <Yes>. there is. <laughs> penis monster there is an element in this movie of like is this is this monster raping them like is that is that that's the insinuation and then we we see later on the 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 other woman who cartwright cartwright who's the tail goes up her leg and it's like it's like mm, okay, movie. Like I, I, I kind of get, and I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure really about like what I think about that because I think it's. That's I think, the bit, Sam, where it veers into like, what are we doing here? Like the yes. implication earlier with like, the with the face hugger. I'm the, relieved. The violation. I think like violation. That is that's like very primal and that's slightly. But then they're basically like well we've got to kill this woman how are we going to kill this woman and let's remind the audience that she's a sexy woman she's and that woman. seems to be what the shot is and like <laughs> it's 1979 guys so fucking yeah i'm yeah. i'm relieved to say that I, you know abundant you know i'm i'm a lot more naive than you guys apparently because <laughs> because now, like, the things, up, Ross? now now the things you're describing now, like the, the like I'm, I'm going but like that that scene flashes in my mind I'm like oh yeah that's a bit sus and then Dave talking about the face <laughs> face I go oh shit yeah that's also sus none of that crossed my mind when i was watching it oh it's a monster it's got a tail it's rubbing the leg this is all fine this is fine <laughs> this is all normal this is all normal yeah, this, this is fine this is fine yeah. I mean, um, did, 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 did the fact that the alien has, like, in its mouth a massive penis with another mouth, did that, did not, did, you, did not look like, give you any hint that this is maybe a bit of a metaphor, a bit of imagery going on, nothing? I don't know, but an unrelated note, I'm just going to leave the podcast now and take a shower. <laughs> just a really hot shower. Scrub myself raw. Jesus, you okay, Ross? Fucking Welcome cry. to Ross's therapy session. Right. <laughs> like you said, Sam, like so much of that comes directly from Geiger. Uh, like the actual, like the you know the, the the design of the alien and things like that. Um, but you can't really blame him for the, the the you know the actual like direction and and the execution. All, Scott, it's all really Scott. Mm. Like mm. that shot with Cartwright and the alien, and like there's obviously intentional choices. And again, I think it's all supposed to ramp up the the threat of the alien isn't so much that like the alien's gonna kill you because again like we've seen thousands of movies where people are just gonna you know oh you're gonna kill me oh great well you know when you're a xenomorph and you might rape me first then we'll talk you know but there's there's by ramping up that threat of like he's not just gonna kill you like he's gonna like violate you and hurt you and it's just it all seems very random and chaotic and that that's where the terror is you know yeah yeah I mean, a weird statement is like, I'm sort of relieved that it was terrorizing enough that just the alien was going to like brutally kill you. No, and you know, you don't have to worry about the, you know, the the added assault on top of that. I mean, you know, like, (laughs) fuck me, man. Just like, you know, know, now, like when you have the nightmare about alien and like, it's of course you're like, actually, no, 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 thank you. (laughs) No, I don't want this. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> Let's. Uh, you mentioned Ridley Scott there, Dave, and you know I don't want to describe shot by shot this movie, but I could because 
there are <laughs> there are there are so many there are so many times where you could just pause this movie and take a screenshot and you have an amazing like back wallpaper, wallpaper. for your computer yeah. like every I'd love to play a game Sam with this where you you take screenshots of Blade Runner and screenshots of this <laughs> and then you challenge your friends to choose which movie it's from which movie is which all of, them, all, all, all of the shots are just steam just endless <laughs> amounts of steam steam and dark poorly lit and steam and there might be like a robot hand somewhere or is like that, a pale is that, milky something and you're like is that oh, Harrison Ford that? or Sigourney Weaver I can't tell god damn it like, exactly yeah. Like, yeah. oh that's just somebody in a leather jacket what's going on here what's happening but, but but Blade but Blade Runner Blade Runner is it, you know it does it has got that same that same like, the aesthetic Scott. is the same isn't it yeah and 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 you know but the, the, there's there's one there's one scene in particular that I want to talk about and this for me represents all of it is the scene where she's um, we get to see her back against the, looking around a corner to see if the cat is there and then she looks around and sees the alien and. She's kind of like so. What what we're seeing is her backed against the wall, and she's wearing. I think she's maybe wearing the. She's not wearing the helmet yet, but she's she's basically peeking around the corner to see. There's steam. This everything's flashing, and what um and, and what we get and all of this is the editing and and this is where I think is it Terry Rawlins who edited Blade Runner, and um God that traumatic Watership Down cartoon remember that and also previous episode <laughs> goldeneye yeah tr- childhood trauma yeah where, where i'm pretty sure we would have talked about uh terry Rollins. but we we snap between looking at the cat looking at the alien looking at ripley looking at the cat looking at the alien looking at ripley it is so fast it's so aggressive there are lights flashing there are steam you know and and that to me that to me represents like what ridley scott is all about when he's at peak ridley scott he is he is, um, he's bringing together every single element of filmmaking that exists. The sound, the editing, the lighting, the act, all of it is just into this package. And that to me is one of those things. I could, it's, it's only a few seconds long, but I could watch it over and over again because of just how much craft and how difficult this, this must have been to get right. You know, every single shot needs to be referenced somewhere and they need to bring it back and forth. And I just think that all throughout the movie, there's examples where you just think, "Wow, like how the fuck did they make this that this that good on such a small budget?" And, and it's his second movie mm. or third movie or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. Like fuck me, it's we're a talentless cool. shits um, compared to anything <laughs> that really's got. Speak for yourself. Hey, hey, Comedy hey, gold, hey, this. Hey. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really really fair comment, um, but. Yeah, it's kind of like this is maybe really Scott finding his style and he kind of like revisits this, you know, in every movie since really. Blade Runner's a big one in terms of like, he was like, do you know what's great? Do you know what's wonderful? Steam. Steam <laughs> and really, more really steam. poor lighting. More steam, less light, roll, action. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. exactly. Let's talk about um, Ian Holm, shall we? Uh, oh God, Ian Holm's in this. I was going to say, yeah, we need to talk about the robot. Milk robot. Can I can I start and and I'll I'll let you guys. But I Nicola had she says she's seen this when she was like ten or something, and she was like for years I've been saying Play, watch Alien. It's a brilliant movie. She's like no, I don't. <laughs> so she didn't really know what's going on. But what she did say at the beginning, 
she couldn't remember anything. And she said, what's up with him? What's up with this? Like, and this is way at the beginning, way at the beginning. Mm. He's, what's, what's his deal? And I thought that is such an insightful comment from someone who basically not seen the film before because she, she knew there was something wrong with him, something, yeah. but couldn't pin down what it was. And that, I think, is a, an amazing compliment to Ian Holm, who is channeling something there, but you don't know what it is. And, and she, she's great at guessing movies. She is great at guessing mm. movies. She did not guess what happens. But the, mo- the movie does it so well with that, because even the dialogue, like, you know, like after the bit where Ian Holm, robot, lets them inside, you know, broken quarantine, and then Sigourney, and this is, again, this, this sort of alludes to your point, Sam, but also the point I raised earlier about it felt like genuine work colleague conversations because then she went to challenge him on it and she said you know you let them in and he's like yeah and she's like you know you broke protocol and she said you know you know i'm like i'm in charge when the captain's off ship and he's like oh i forgot she goes oh and did you also forget you broke quarantine and like it was such a like a passive aggressive statement that one colleague would say to another and you know you said ian home is doing something really Sort of subtle but noticeable, Sam. And you're right because you don't you don't get that in any of the dialogue. And he doesn't he doesn't carry himself in an obviously you know villainous mustache twirling way. Um, so yeah, fair play to Nicola. You, you you think that like maybe something has infected him, like some sort of alien or something like that. You think that's what's done it. That's what know? Nicola thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. it's. Yeah. It's a good performance, uh, which all sort of culminates in the uh, the kind of weird. Every time I watch this movie, I'm struck by how weird this scene is, where Ian Holm tries to like choke Ridley to death with a rolled up, crusty porn magazine. The sexual, yeah, the shoved in her mouth, like, but in the most phallic way possible. And I'm like, I'm like, obviously this guy's a robot because no human would try to murder another human. This the, way. the sexual this is subtext, the most inefficient so, way to kill a yeah. person. Suddenly becomes seen. very overt, doesn't it? And you're like, it's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's naked women all over the walls. I know. And you're like, wow. There's, so, wow. There's the, there's three scenes I question in Alien. One of them is the beginning with the face hugger, which I'll get to later on. Another one is um, the the alien actually coming out of the the thing at the end. You know, why is the steam bothering it? The third one is this one. Now, it's a the ro- it's a robot with seemingly more powerful than human strength because um powered by milk. Wh- yeah, well the two Sydney's two crewmates come to help him and he easily over whilst choking Sydney with one arm or choking her with a porno mag with one arm, he easily overpowers the 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 guy, you know, by grabbing his chest, you know, and squeezing the muscle. So he's he's got some veritable strength here. So why is he trying to shove a magazine in the mouth when he could easily snap her neck, you know, rip out her throat, impale her with his hand? You, you know, like that he's like he's under no threat from the alien because he's not human exactly human, so. exactly. I think he becomes emotional. I think he's. I think he resents Ripley in a way that's kind of like he doesn't really understand. And the, 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 I mean, yeah, I don't really love the whole porn mag thing i think it's too much it's way too much <laughs> you, you don't <laughs> and, and and it's just it's everything in the scene sam it's the sexual subtext that already exists in that scene exactly as he's like this man is shoving this phallic object into this woman's while mouth na- while naked in women to silence her are behind yeah while naked women on look wall. on yeah yeah so, all of that is just like somebody i bet somebody in the writer's room 
kept nudging themselves going yeah see, see? Mm. how clever this is oh good uh, look, rubbing his look at subtle <laughs> look at this subtle things like no actually people are going to have VHS and be able to pause and be like there is porn everywhere in this yeah and um, if I can, because you guys are obviously taking a sort of a moral objection to this, which is absolutely fair. Mine is more of a like a logical objection. And again, I come back. He's a robot with strength. Why is it? I mean, whether it's a porn magazine or a Reader's Digest, why is he rolling up a magazine and putting it in her mouth? Kill her. Yeah. Be done with I it. You know, fulfill your part objective part. and kill her. He's you know he's a science milk robot. He's designed to <laughs> find these aliens and do science. He's not programmed to murder his co-workers in this fashion. He's improvising and he's not good at it because mm-hmm. he's a robot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Makes perfect one sense be- to me. I like what, it. What, what, one of the other things I was going to question, and this is like connected to this scene, is what, what you know when they finally kill him and like uh, they manage to knock his head off with their fire extinguisher and he's flailing about and he's still attacking. I don't know if you guys noticed this, and it's in complete sort of contrast or juxtaposition to this scene with uh, to, uh, Tom Skerrick. Skellick? What's his name? Skerrick. Skerrick. Sorry. When he's in his death throes and the arms are twitching. Whereas when the robot is in his death throes, it's very like knife hand, like beep boop, <laughs> pop beep boop. Does not compute. Does not compute. I am not it's programmed to feel pain. Where like if you think about it too much, it's deeply confusing. Because later, later they seemingly connect him to like the fucking milk network or whatever, and he starts working again, so they can talk to him. But there's, but there's, it's like I, it's, I, I, I th- I, the milk robot thing as a visual thing. I think works reasonably well. Like oh, it's a it works amazingly well. It works amazingly yeah, well. I think we're being very mean. But like the minute you think about it, you're like <laughs> to the what? milk robot. And then when they turn him back on later, and like, what, how, what did you do? Like what? Put, reinflate the milk veins? I don't, I don't understand. I like, <laughs> I, don't understand I like, how this works. I like all of the all of the um, weird technology. You know, you've got yes. these little beads. You've got the liquid. You've got mm. the. It feels like uh, it feels organic in a sense as well, and I think all that's good. I mean, let's not let's not just move past the fact that the reveal of it of him being a robot yes, is an thank absolute you, masterpiece that you that you do not see coming, and that actually you talked earlier, Dave, about this is a perfect movie, and one of the definitions we've stolen from another podcast is that if does the film pay off everything it sets up and the fact that he's a robot means that you go back in your head and go oh that's Mm. why he let them in that's why the the instruction from the company to you know crew expendable and override all of the priorities all of that makes sense when you when we get that reveal and then when we see the and 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 again, let's not be let's not be mean to 1979 because the cut doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You go from the 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 fake head that's getting plugged in to the milk network, which is a wonderful image, Dave. I love that so much. <laughs> the milk <laughs> plug me into the milk network. <laughs> just just Gary signals well. at seventy percent. Yeah, <laughs> full fat. Uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get the cut to Ian Holm with his head through a, you know, a hole in the table. It doesn't yeah. work. But that whole thing when he's quest, you know, when he's he's talking, you know, the quote from the start, you know, I admire its 
purity, a survivor, unclouded by conscience, all that stuff mm. is brilliant. It's brilliant, and it and it goes to the it goes to the 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 cor- anti corporate stuff that's running through this movie where basically they they knew that they they sent them on this mission they knew exactly what they were doing they sent them via this planet because they knew that this alien was there and they wanted to retrieve it and this and this robot's there to do that job so it just it it unlocks the whole movie everything makes sense after you know Ian Home is a milkproof and robot it adds further to the fact that like this isn't a crew of like um you know, this isn't Interstellar where the whole crew's like, you know, phenomenally well-trained and knowledgeable, like scientists and everything. No, they're space truckers. Like, obviously, this yeah. big corporation <clears throat> will murder a thousand space truckers to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, and and that's kind of great. The fact that uh, Skerritt isn't like, oh, he's a high-flying ace. He used to be in the Alliance Navy. Don't <laughs> get any of that. These people are just doing a job to get paid, and like, so the fact that they aren't like professionals in that way. It kind of lends itself to the, the ramshackle nature of the ship, and the fact that you know, like the the anti corporate aspect, like like you said, is wonderful in this movie. I think they pick it up well in the next movie as well. But like, well, let's maybe save that for our aliens mm. podcast. What, one one of the best things, um, for, or one of the things I appreciated most about this movie, um, was the not not so much as the world establishment, but the set dressing. And like you know, you see the ship from the outside, and it looks old. It looks run down, and again, it lends itself to that that corporatocracy thing where it'll run until it's broke, and then if people die, they die, and we'll get a new one. But even then, you see the insides of it, and some of the most parts are are clean. But then, when you get to the underbelly of it, you know, it's grimy, it's greasy, it's wet. There's stuff dripping down everywhere, and I love that it it feels genuine. And what it reminded me of is, although you know. It came out a long time afterwards. I don't know if you guys ever played Dead Space, and they did a similar thing where basically it was a it was a mining colony ship that was stranded, and you answered this distress beacon, and that was grimy and rusty and do you know what I mean? And that built tension as well. But and like I, said, I know it came out a long time after, but like I was getting very oh, very similar. Um, so influential, vibes. isn't it? So yes. influential and all this. hundred percent. And you know, you're absolutely right, Ross. The, the, the fact that it is lived in, the fact that the whole ship, again, production design is doing an absolutely fucking amazing Corker. job of yep. doing this. Now, to move it along the pot a little bit and to exactly support your point, they decide to blow up the ship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Star Trek, computer, acti- d- destroy the ship. Ac- ac- uh, activation code, Echo, Delta, 140. Like, fucking hell, that's all it took. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> all Picard has to do is say, ship, blow up. Every 20 minutes, yeah, they're the fucking thing, The thing destroying. about Star Trek, though, guys, is is that it's always a bluff, so the ship must yeah. be like, right, we're doing the blow the ship up thing yeah. again to scare off the invaders. Got you. Get off my... You go, you go, to, you go to where the, the bomb is, and it's like, I owe you one self-destruct. Signed <laughs> to Starfleet. Signed Whereas in Alien, and, and again, thinking about your point about being a lived-in world that feels real and grounded, the the mechanism for the self-destruct, she has to yes. open an access hatch on one side. She has to walk along on the floor. She has to lift up the thing. She has to literally unscrew four of these pillars and then press the mm. buttons on each. Like Because somebody has done the thinking... And said, "Okay, how would you want? To, how, how would like? What would be the interface for blowing up the ship? You can't just press you, a button. You'd want it, yeah, you'd want it to be fairly complicated. <laughs> you want so it? You didn't just press it by accident. Somebody has to like, exactly. 
one red button, just bang, gone. They have to unscrew. It has, has to be time consuming things. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the five yeah, minute countdown. And after you that, you can't point, do it in anger. It has to be. It has to be intentional. So somebody's thought, somebody in the production design has thought about that. And that thinking, that level of detail, not just computer, destroy the ship. Like, that is amazing. That is amazing that they made, they, they took the effort to think that far, you know. And Very that's clever. Um, and the end of the movie as well. I mean, I mean, we haven't really talked through the plot sort of sequentially in any way. Don't think we need um, to. But the no, I don't think we need to at all because like this is one of the most influential, famous movies ever made. So what really, like Sam said at the, off the top, what do we have to add? But um, it is a fun sort of. The very end is much. It's maybe the most action movie bit, like the last scene mm-hmm. where she kind of like. Uh, opens the airlock and the alien flies out and it's like it was the most boring bit for me to be honest which is ironic isn't it um mm-hmm. but I, I think it's because again you know you're coming to the end you know eventually how this ends because you know there are sequels so i suppose watching it in in modern day sort of detracts from it a little bit and that but that's not the fault of the movie well it's an attempt again isn't it to do what joe you said at the the, the table scene before the chest Burster is to go. Oh, it's she's done. Safe. Yeah, she's everything's she's okay. The she's cat, the cat's safe to star in in in, in uh, next generation. <laughs> for twenty seven years, Which is totally legitimately possible. Yeah, so the cat's alive. Everything's okay. <laughs> Rid, Rid, uh, Ripley um, relaxes. She takes her trousers mm-hmm. off. She she's she's strapping. She starts getting naked. Yeah. Oh my! She, she's she's ten ten minutes. <laughs> no diaper for her, <laughs> no no diaper. She, <laughs> like she so she's you know everything's and so the film we bring back the we haven't talked about the score. Let's not go into it too much. But the score starts to calm down a little bit, and we get those lovely mellow orchestral um, you know violin themes that come through. Everything's fine. They blew up the ship. There's a big explosion. You think okay, that's it. And then we get the other reveal. Now, this is where we're back to, oh, it's 1979, that looks pretty shit. Like the, <laughs> the bits, I, I, love, I, love the, um, I love the shot where you get to see the side of its head hidden away in the vents. And like, there's a great reveal there of, you know, I think Nicholas said, oh, is that the alien? Like, is it there with her? You know, and and she's, she's in her underwear. She's exposed again, the whole sexual gender thing going on it's it's all very you know we talked about that but that to me this is a great ending because it it kind of gives you another stab at the excitement of holy shit there's the um there's the alien and she's not you know she she's not doing anything she's not fighting it she's literally she runs away into the closet puts on the spacesuit and vacuums it out out to space there isn't like a moment there isn't a, a an aliens moment where she gets to really have a, her own put back. her down you bitch no sort of moment. no yeah. she does not have anything um, like that again that kind of lends itself to the theme of the movie which is that you can't fight the thi- fight this thing yeah. no and you know she's it's, not it's the ultimate predator basically because... that's what it's kind of exactly yeah, yeah. Um, one one so thing kind of... here we go now, so maybe maybe something I miss something glaringly obvious, but when she discovers the alien, she's doing something computer work. Beep boop boop, right? 
And then she presses the button and the alien like slaps its hand down. Maybe the alien's asleep or something. But how does the alien like why doesn't it attack Ripley in the first place? Like and then also like once the alien sees Ripley and Ripley sees the alien and the alien sees Ripley seeing the alien, why doesn't it attack? Why does it go, Oh, she'll be fine. I, I assume it's injured. I, I've always assumed Save, it's injured. Saving it for saving it for later. He's had, he's, you know, he's already snapped on Oliver Creed. He's just like, you know what? <laughs> but I've but again, what, why does it need to hide though? This 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 is the thing. And like, you know, I'm sure there are loads of rumors, but I mean, injured from what? You know, why would it save Ripley for later when it could easily just like, I, oh, I'll break your limbs? Yeah. It's it's the ultimate predator. Do you know what I mean? It's intelligent. You know, it's like she can't see me. I can see you. <laughs> she can't see me. Get out, Dave. Way in here. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, alien. Scat. <laughs> yeah. That's what the others did wrong, I you see. They didn't say that to not, it. That's all you have yeah. to do. Just say, get away, yeah. and it'll run. It, it's it, not no. something that bothered me, Ross. And the way that, the way that I look at the reason this scene exists in the way that it does <laughs> is because, as a piece of filmmaking, it's kind of scary. When Ripley mm-hmm. sees the alien, she's like hyperventilating, and she's being really quiet, and she's getting the face suit on. Your, your terror, the, the tension gets ramped up again. And, like... But I do agree that it's maybe, you know, what's the alien doing, like, having a nap... <laughs> In this cupboard. But the, th- the thing is, this could be circumvented completely by like Ripley sort of discovering the alien, you know, without the alien moving, like seeing her, yeah. and, and then like then you know creeping, creeping backwards from it. But it's like mm-hmm. alien like slaps Ridley's hand. No, don't touch that. And, Ross, and then Ridley's like, oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I get what you're saying. I think there is a it 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 doesn't. There's like a tension killer there, isn't there? There's something that just mm. that reduces the tension in a way that we haven't really seen to the rest of the movie, and that, so I do, I do, I, uh, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree like that it's a problem in that sense, but I, I definitely think that, especially if you're coming at it with no context, it's the only thing that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, you'd be like, like everything else about this movie. Why yeah. is it? It's the rest of the time it's been ready to pounce. It's like as you say, yeah. there's mm-hmm. ultimate predator. Like, but but at this point. It's it's alien nap time, and then we get to see it. Just false sense of security. It's like I can't be hurt. This thing can't hurt me. And then we then we get to see it flailing around the shit. When again, it looks dreadful in the full suit. Just just like I said, it's when it when it has to when it has to move. Bad shot. Like it just it just doesn't look real. Man in a rubber suit. Chest chest up. Now I think that's the end of the movie, isn't it? And we get to see uh, Ripley Mm -hmm. signing off, and you know she's obviously. She's good. Good thing. Good thing she's on a safe way home, and nothing else bad will happen to her. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing. All's well that ends well. <laughs> oh no, aliens too. Speaking of predators, though, let's talk about the uh, the fucking trash fire of franchise must, that that must the aliens has been dragged in. Let's start with some. Have you guys seen any of them? aliens versus? Well, aliens versus aliens versus predator. We've got aliens three. We've got Prometheus. We've got all these other films. None of which I've seen. None of which I have no interest in seeing. Maybe you guys have, oh. but let's start with one positive point. I think Ross has his next movie pick. Oh, God. <laughs> Alien... Ex- uh, what's it called? Extraction? Isolation. The- isolation. Is- Alien Isolation. Now, th- Is this the game? The game. Yeah. Have you played it, Ross? Great yeah. point, Sam, when you start a point not knowing what no. the game's called. It's, it's because oh. games like out there, like I love a good horror game, but games like out there where you have no way of fighting back, I'm like, it it, it raises my blood pressure too much. It is. I, 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 I know that's the point. Yeah. But like, it no. does, Ross. That's yeah, the whole point. It's no, terrifying. It is terrifying. It's it is too much. It, I have not, it's too long. Yeah. I've never finished it. I've got right towards it. the end. And I, li- and I've, and I've, every now and again, every like 
two months. I'll see it on Game Pass. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Let's just get into this. I play it for eight minutes and I want to die. I want to... I'm snuck on this fucking bit. I cannot get past it. And you know what it is? And, and you, Oh, the fact that it's not the same graphic every time the alien kills you. And it'll kill you. It'll kill it's you. It's this so real... Like, it, it actually, you know, if you make noise, it'll come get you. It's not scripted. Yeah. God. But the reason that it works... Combat. The reason that it works... Combat. I think I'm safe. <laughs> Don't breathe. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! It's got me again. Oh. So accurate. But the reason that it works, right? The reason that it works, and the reason I think that a lot of the other stuff doesn't, is because it channels the movie. It channels the first mm-hmm. movie. It absolutely nails that feeling of utter invulnerability. Yeah, you got a flamethrower. Yes. At best, it scares it off. You've got the motion tracker, and then you've got any noise at all. Plus, you've got the the robots, the the androids, which are well, equally as scary. It'll just fucking find you anyway. It and so and, and and the reason I think that this works, and and maybe there's other, maybe some of the other movies, and the reason that we don't necessarily even Aliens Two, it's like uh, Aliens, sorry, it's just not quite there, is because you have to be utterly incapable of killing it it has to be an ultimate it has to be the ultimate predator because if it's not then the threat goes if you can kill it you have Mm -hmm. this element of power to it and that's why the game works that's why the movie works and that's maybe why the others don't you know maybe that's as interesting as the lore is they always have a big fight scene because we need to you know alien versus predator and all that like madness you know oh man it's like, do, how um, do you take two successful franchises and just fucking <laughs> obliterate them? Well, you smack them off one another. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Alien, Alien vs. Predator films. Um, in fact, I'd only, I only watched Predator a few months ago when we watched it for the podcast, I felt, <gasps> as you'll remember. Yeah. Oh, my um, sweet summer child. So, I've seen... I've seen most of the Alien films. I don't think I've seen the fourth one. I have seen Prometheus. and I might have only seen Resurrections like... 15 years ago. Um, this is my first time watching Alien, like, all the way through. Oh, wow. Really? That's very... Yeah, uh, yeah. That's interesting, Ross. But again, through, through Osmosis, you, you know what's going to yeah. happen, essentially. Well, I think I think yeah. your insights have been very I've... good for a first watch, properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and, and it shows the strength of the film, doesn't it? Uh, exactly. I watch exactly. this movie, like, once or twice a year, yeah. pretty, re- pretty reliably. Wow. Hundred yeah. percent. Like it's, it really does stand the test of a rewatch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that even though, when, even when you know things are coming, it doesn't spoil it for you. It doesn't like take the enjoyment out of it. It actually makes it better for me every time I watch it. I, I, I feel like I gain something new. I gain a new insight. I notice something new, and the tension always gets me. The bit when they're in the fucking egg, like just get away from the eggs, Jesus get away Christ! From it. What are you doing, John? I mean, Hurt? Forget what you know about Aliens, the franchise. You're on an alien planet. Oh, there's these eggs. Oh, there's movement. Well, I'm out. <laughs> you know, just, uh, guys, pull me up. Yep. Uh, pull me no, up right vomit, fucking uh, now. Vomit all. Where's my, where's my, where's my company? <laughs> Inside your helmet. Emergency, emergency suicide. Uh, where's that? I'll just, I'll kill myself now, and then yeah. I won't have to deal with any of this horrible shit. Great. I can't eat eggs. I, 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 I can't eat eggs at all <laughs> since watching this movie. I can't even look at an egg. I can't even say the word egg. It's, <laughs> I've got a right hankering for oysters. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Oh. Lovely. 
Good lord. This is, uh, uh, I love this movie. I love this movie. I love talking about this movie. And I think as we get into the second hour of this podcast and as we prepare for our number three, <laughs> let's, just have a, let's just have like 20 minutes on the computer system in this because I fucking love the 1980s computers we've got going on. That's amazing. I love them. <laughs> and the idea that in the future they'll be exactly the same. We won't invent better computers. <laughs> no. No, I love all of I love every single part of this. I love all the big vehicles we see in the background of some of this stuff. It's amazing. So let's strap in. Anyone want a quick break? A couple minutes and then come back and then we'll get into the rest yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Good night everybody. <laughs> <laughs>